Hey, how's it going? Just want to step in here real quick before this episode starts and just give you a heads up that we initially had uh, the idea of uh, covering the Haunted Mansion specifically for this episode. Because uh, when we recorded this, initially it was during the time period of the 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion. So uh, a lot of this information, if not the entire episode, is all very relevant to current Disney news and with things happening. Uh, but we want to let you know that Julie and I both uh, just traveled down 24 hours ago from Boston to down here to Orlando. We arrived safely have all of her shit moved in the house. Uh, after two hours after being home yesterday, after driving for 24 hours, we went immediately to Epcot and had dinner over in Germany at the beer garden place. A buffet was fantastic. Uh, got a huge beer, had a lot of fun. Uh, went and saw some stuff. We went and saw Happily Ever After for the first time with her, at least her and I together. Her first time actually seeing the show. Uh, it was amazing and incredible. I know we'll talk about it in the next episode as well. And, uh, this morning we got up and went back over to Epcot at uh, just about after rope drop. Did a couple rides just to kind of get some stuff out of our system that we've been waiting for. So as you can probably understand. And uh, now we're back here and we're back on track. So this week we're going to have a bonus episode uh, where we're going to specifically just be talking about the Haunted Mansion, the history of, as well as uh, the, what all was talked about. Not everything, but our favorite highlights basically <clears throat> from D23. And then in the episode that we will be recording coming up very soon, we'll be then talking about our experience at Galaxy's Edge, uh, some tips and some tricks and some things to think about when you're going, and also uh, just the overall amazingness of what's been going on uh, with that place and Disney in general. Uh, right now, we also are here experiencing Hurricane Dorian. She hasn't uh, isn't going to be impacting us uh, the way that she impacted the Bahamas. Looks like she's going to be staying about 70 miles offshore with the initial track had this hurricane coming right over the middle of the state, over on top of us, which was kind of crazy. But uh, it looks like we're the entire eastern seaboard of the country is going to be safe, hopefully, fingers crossed, and this thing is going to just go out to, out to sea. Uh, but in the meantime, tomorrow, Disney has changed some time scheduling with their operations. Uh, some of the parks are closing at 2, some are closing at 3, and it looks like Disney Springs is also closing at 3. So basically, they're doing like open of operations at 9 until 2 or 9 to 3, depending on the park. So there you go. And anyways, I hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll see you on our bonus episode talking about the Haunted Mansion and D23, as well as episode 8. So in the meantime, enjoy episode 7. Talk to you soon. Peace. Hello, and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F, F Yeah, yeah Disney. Disney. Hey, welcome to episode 7 of F.E.I. Disney. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today is a special episode as Julie and I both had the opportunity to visit Galaxy's Edge and MGM and had an out-of-this-world experience. Pun intended. Indeed. Plus, we are sharing some fun facts and history regarding the Haunted Mansion, which opened August 9th, 1969 in Disneyland. In honor of the 50th anniversary, tons of new merch was released and an after-hours celebration was held in Disneyland, too. 
But before we get to all that fun, Julie, how you be and what you drinking on? I am wonderful. I actually had the opportunity to acquire an abundance, I guess is the, <laughs> the right word of cookbooks today. Nice. You know, to make the move down to Florida is so much yeah, easier. Yeah, more extra box of, or two or three of books. It's an entire trunk full. It's going to be like six boxes. Yeah, that's why we need to hire a moving company, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, but today I am drinking some crisp, clean Poland Springs water. Nice. So yeah, a little behind this. Straight from Maine. Straight from where? I'm sorry, I interrupted you there. Maine. Oh, Maine, lovely. Just a little behind the scenes, it's uh, about 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday that we're recording this, and usually we record at night, so it's a little more uh, feasible for us to feel responsible having an alcoholic beverage in the evening compared to, like, right now, which, it's Sunday, so, I mean, fuck it, we could drink right now, but, you know. I have, like, 4,000 places to drive after this, so. Yeah, exactly. So you're drinking water. I'm drinking water. It is delicious. Fantastic. Well, I'm sitting here enjoying water also, and also my uh, venti iced Americano from Starbucks that I got after uh, my torture session I had at my massage therapy uh, place this morning. But did it help? Uh, it did. It did. And uh, I'm still sore. I've been dealing with lower back strain. And uh, it's radiating down to my big toe, my left leg. And uh, yeah, so it was fun. I almost cried a couple times. Awesome. Yeah. But, you know, I definitely couldn't deliver a baby, uh, but I do have a high pain tolerance. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, Julie and I will be getting into our full in-depth conversation about our experience at Galaxy's Edge uh, before it opened to the public, as uh, which opens up in September 23rd, maybe, or August 28th. What the hell's the date for that? August 29th. 29th? There you go. I should know this by now. August 29th, August, not September. Yeah, August 29th. And, uh, you know, they just, just to see it before it really gets busy. And uh, the day I went, it was raining, which was pretty cool because it really felt like it was super unique, which we'll, we'll get into later on. Um, but I'm really curious to see what the experience will be like once it opens to the public, how things change, et cetera. Um, and I know that Amy and I have reservations at Olga's for Halloween week. So we'll definitely be able to give another view of once it opens what it'll be yeah like. yeah absolutely but uh and then later on too we'll be getting into a in-depth discussion about the haunted mansion talking about some history some facts some fun things that you may not know about um or are aware about and the imagineers that were behind the scenes creating this process uh the different variations the different thoughts and processes uh while walt was still around and how long it actually took for the first uh, version of the ride to open up which then subsequently opened up in uh, magic kingdom at disney world and then every park has their own version of the different mansions, per se. So we'll be getting into all that a little bit later on in the episode. But for now, it's time for us to get into our first segment, uh, This Day in Disney. If you had it to do over again, would you do any part of it differently? Well, if I had it to do over again, uh, I think, uh, no, I don't think I would. <laughs> So uh, today we're going to be getting into this day in Disney from August 25th through the 31st. And something special for Julie and I both is that... Hey, there's some really exciting news on August 31st. There is, which we'll get into. Sorry, were you going to say that? Wait till the end. Maybe I didn't write it for a reason. (laughs) 
fine. I'm excited. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm super excited, too. All right, so August 25th, 1923, Walt Disney, now residing in California, writes a letter to film distributor M.J. Winkler of New York City, informing her that he is no longer connected with the Laughagram Films in Kansas City, Missouri. Walt writes that, I am establishing a studio in Los Angeles for the purposes of producing the new and novel series of cartoons I have previously written you about. End quote. The novel series will be called Alice Comedies, which is super awesome. Well, the Alice Comedies was a series of short uh, animated series that Walt put together where it incorporated an actual uh, live actress within an animated series of little shorts, which was pretty cool. It was the first time that had ever been done and really gave them an opportunity to explore uh, the different levels of uh, animation style uh, before Mickey and all the other things were kind of around. Uh, it was just kind of a fun way for them and him and his studio to uh, figure some things out along the way. Okay. So this next one is special for Julie and I, as we are huge fans of this man. On uh, August 25th, 1958, Tim Burton, filmmaker, writer, and producer of such joint Disney films as James and the Giant Peach, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Alice in Wonderland, is born in Burbank, California. As a youngster, he won a Disney scholarship to attend the California Institute of Arts and was later hired by the Walt Disney Studios as an animator apprentice. While at Disney, he worked as an animator, storyboard artist, and concept artist on films such as The Fox and the Hound, The Black Cauldron, and Tron. Longing to work on solo projects, Burton made his first short, Vincent, a six-minute black-and-white stop-motion film while at Disney in 1982. Today famous for his dark, gothic, macabre, and quirky take on horror and fantasy-style movies, Burton's 3D stop-motion animated Frankenweenie, based on a short he first created in 1984, was released by Walt Disney Pictures in 2012. So I'm super confused because that said based on... Oh, a short. Sorry, not the short. Sorry, we were talking about Vincent that came out in 1982 and then a different short that he created in 1984. Okay, I'm on, I'm on the same page. And, and The Nightmare Before Christmas was written uh, originally inspired by Tim Burton writing a short uh, about basically a Christmas story. It's a little bit of a macabre quirkiness to it. And... Uh, and then at some point was then subsequently fired by Disney. And then brought back. Which we'll get into some more history down the road on a future episode about Tim Burton and his uh, his influence in Disney. Especially now with the new uh, not-so-spooky sh- episode show thingy that they're doing with uh, Jack Skeleton. The not-so-spooky at the not-so-scary. <laughs> August 25th, 1989... The Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular attraction is dedicated at the Disney MGM Studios in Florida. It is the first theme park attraction to use a computer-based show control system in conjunction with a programmable logic controller system to trigger, control, and sequence complex live events in real time, in many cases controlled by the actors. The 30-minute stunt show recreates some of the most thrilling and heart-pounding moments from the Indiana Jones films. I have been in that twice. And I am super jealous because I have not. I actually wore the same ears. It was once in 2009 when I went. And then again when I went with Amy in 2013. And in both sets of pictures, I'm wearing the same set of ears. And I'm pretty sure I was wearing the same costume. So it looks like I was only in it once. Interesting. It'd probably help if I went to this uh, more than two times and also more than just at the very end of them saying, hey, we're about to close the doors. Come on in. 
Because I honestly... No, I, we did. We we were there at the very end, and they, like, moved us around to, like, the side, and you just have to jump up and down and scream like a maniac, and then they pick mm. you. It also helps being super cute. And screaming and jumping up and down like a maniac, like you do, always, for everything. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you agreed. <laughs> uh, this one was very interesting. I did not know about this. Uh, this next one... So I'm glad I'm sharing this one. Uh, August 26th, 1918. And this just kind of shows where life can take us and uh, repercussions for certain events happening. Uh, y'all, uh, young Walt Disney forges his parents' signature to enlist in the American Ambulance Corps, part of the Red Cross, as an ambulance driver. He changes his birth from 1901 to 1900. Uh, Walt's older brother, Roy, had been in the Navy since June of 1917. The ongoing war, or the Great War, is currently being fought in Europe involving the, all the world's great powers. At 11 a.m. on November 11, 1918, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, a ceasefire will come to a ceasefire will come into effect, ending the war. About a week before young Walt ever reaches France. So just think about that. Walt forges his things, is on his way to France to go save the world, and is brought back home before he even goes there because the war ended. It's just kind of curious to so you know, see if the war never ended, or I shouldn't say never, but you know, pro- <laughs> prolonged. I mean, if the war had never ended, yeah. and he actually made it, and uh, you know, was killed in battle, God forbid, you know, we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. We oh my God, would we have never met? No, we wouldn't have never met. I don't. Th- I mean, I'm sure we would have. I don't want to think about we, those. We would have met eventually. I mean, fate is fate. I mean, it is what it is. But Very true. we were brought together by Walt. A lot of my... I wonder how we would have met. I wonder. A lot of my life has revolved around this man. Amazingly enough. Me too. It's so crazy to think how one person can affect everything like that, you know? It's fascinating. I love it. I love Walt Disney. Me too. August 27th, 1964, Disney's live-action and animated film Mary Poppins has a lavish world premiere at the Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. The comedy musical stars Julie Andrews, who will win an Academy Award for Best Actress, and Dick Van Dyke. The film will also win Academy Awards for Best Film Editing, Best Score, Best Song, and Best Special Visual Effects. Some of Hollywood's biggest stars like Angie Dickinson, George Hamilton, Angela Lansbury, Carl Reiner, and Debbie Reynolds are in attendance. After the screening and a five-minute standing ovation, the audience moves on to the elegant party hosted by the Technicolor Corporation. I wish I was at that party. Yeah, right. I bet the food was amazing. Yeah, and the alcohol. And everybody was smoking cigarettes probably too, inside. Yeah, that part doesn't sound like that much While drinking bourbon out of crystal. Mm. August Mm. 29th, 2010. Doug Parks of Gotha, Florida. The man widely believed to be the very first Mickey Mouse at Walt Disney World passes away at the age 60. An entertainment cast member for 39 years, he began working at Walt Disney World when the park debuted in 1971. It was Parks who stood at Roy O. Disney's side at the formal dedication of the Magic Kingdom on October 25, 1971. Standing 4 feet 7 inches, Parks was a perfect size to play Mickey. At least it wasn't those scary ass looking Mickeys that they had at the very opening of Disneyland. Holy shit. Things Oh my gosh. Things of nightmares. 
pretty cool. August 31st, 1938. Walt and Roy Disney. This is awesome. What's that? This is awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about this yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, August 31st, 1938. Walt and Roy Disney place a $10,000 deposit on a 51-acre tract on Buena Vista Street in Burbank, California. They will use this land to build a new modern studio. The success of Snow White enabled the Disney Brothers to purchase the $100,000 property from Burbank Department of Water and Power. Construction will begin in 1939. Pretty cool, pretty cool. So awesome. Let's see. Oh, I like this next one. And last but not least, an amazing event happened on August 31st, 2009. The Walt Disney Company announces that it is buying Marvel Entertainment for $4 billion, which they subsequently paid for by all of the recent franchises of Marvel movies. And they made a ton of profit on top of it all. <laughs> Marvel, so I know. Marvel Entertainment Incorporated is one of the world's most prominent character-based entertainment companies built on a library of over 5,000 characters featured in a variety of media over 70 years. Publisher Martin Goodman founded the company, later known as Marvel Comics, under the name Timely Publications back in 1939. And that is This Week in Disney. And on this week, August 31st, 2019, Julie and Jason will be making a long trek down from Boston, carrying a full trailer of books and books and Funko Pops. Moving Julie down to Florida while she will be moving in with myself and a little bit closer to Disney. Only 25 minutes away. Yay. So stoked. And then y'all can hear us. Me and all my books. Yeah. <laughs> and then y'all can hear us record in person and all this banter is going to get even crazier. Which we're super stoked about. So there you go. That was This Week in Disney. And now it's time for our next segment. To Infinity and Your Mom. To infinity and your mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To insanity and a blonde. What do you even That's how it goes. Saying? No, that's how it goes. To immunity and respond. To indecency to and infrequently. Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's to infinity and beyond. All right, so now it's time for some current and future things happening around the world and regionally in the Disney parks. You want to tell us more about it, Miss Julie? Yes. This one actually is really cute to me. So this is Disneyland news to start. So a Canadian woman won a ticket to Disneyland when she was 14 years old during its 30th anniversary, and she came back. So it happened in... 1985, when the ticket price was 16.50, and you know she won a ticket and held on to it, and they honored her free ticket and let her in, 30 years later. That's amazing. It was really cool. Yeah, it is. Especially that it was 16.50. Holy shit. Yeah. Can you imagine paying only 16 dollars and 50 cents to get into the park? I remember coming to the park when it was like 22 bucks. I don't. Hmm. One day we'll be like, don't you? And I remember going to the parks when what? it was only $100. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even think that. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and at Disneyland, they also released a Star Wars spirit jersey, and it's amazing. Mm. So it's a gray spirit jersey, and it says Star Wars on the back, and it's outlined in gold, and then the filling is like a galaxy. It's amazing. And then on the front is a beautiful uh, logo that's half the uh, Imperial Crest and half the Alliance Starbird, which is just wicked cool. Neat. And that's only available in Disneyland? Currently, yes. Kay. I assume once Galaxy's Edge opens in Disney World, it will, like, officially opens, it will come over to, to us. And that's on August 28th? Um, no. 29th? When, when it opens in our yeah. world? Yes, August 29th. <laughs> Not September 29th. Next, on to Disney World. So, a couple things. The Epcot, uh, sorry, the uh, fountain at the entrance of Epcot has, they've started to take it apart. And it's really sad, but you can see the original tiling on it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they're yeah Amy sent me a picture of that and we both cried together. They're going to be putting in the new, or returning the, uh, the big tall uh, emblem spire things that they used to have in the fountain, which I think is pretty neat that they're bringing that back. That'll be exciting. I'm disappointed that they are getting rid of all of these things, but I'm also really excited to see the future of Epcot. Yeah, and like we talked about on a previous episode, that September 8th is when a lot of this stuff is going to be closing uh, within Future World. So if you want to go see Interventions and the Club Cool and uh, a couple other things there, the Photo Center, what have you, get there before September 8th. So you remember that date, but not when Galaxy's Edge opens in MGM? <laughs> uh, no comment. And uh, last week they had the pass holder previews for Galaxy's Edge, which we'll talk about later. Yep. Because we both got to go. Hooray! And it was awesome. Maybe it was awesome. I don't know. <clears throat> and then Disney also released a sleep in pass. Or sleep-in tickets, that they call. So you can get a two-day ticket for as low as $88 a day. You just can't get into the park before noon. So for cool. those people that don't get up at 4 in the morning to get to Galaxy's Edge at 6 in the morning on their trip in October, this passes for you. That's what Amy and I plan on doing. Yeah. I thought it'd be yes. cool if it was a sleep-in, like, you actually, like, you know... Like a lock-in. That's what I thought at first, and I got real excited. Like They were like, yeah, you could sleep on the streets of Magic Kingdom for super yeah, cheap. Yeah, dude, bring my PJs and my sleeping bag. I'll be set. That would be so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Even if literally nothing was open, mm -hmm. that would just be so cool. <sighs> mm -hmm. Dear Disney, do that. Yes. In Disneyland Paris, they have announced some really awesome Christmas stuff that they are doing. And one of the things that I thought was really cool is they are going to have an enchanted advent calendar, which is basically Mickey, Minnie, and Goofy unveiling daily surprises. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what this enchanted advent calendar actually looks like and all the surprises that are going to come out of it, because that just sounds super awesome. 
Yeah. Side note, I have a Harry Potter Funko Pop advent calendar. Are you surprised? I didn't even know that they made that. So have you opened it? Have you like used it? I did. But now they're all back in their little spot so I can open it again next year. Nice. This year. I should take it. They have a Marvel one too. I want I should it. take it and then like re- rearrange all the Harry Potters in there so you're surprised by which ones you get. I forget what they were from last year. I'll still be surprised. Okay. <laughs> I did get like six different Harrys though. I was like, come on. And I was opening it with one of my friends who also got one and she got Lupin and I just got six more Harrys and it made me sad. All the same Harry? No, they're all different Harrys because there's like 14 different Harry Funko Pops. but, And I have most of them. Also, three Ron Weasleys riding a broomstick. Wild. So they will also have Mickey's magical Christmas lights that are after hours. Not after hours, but after dark. A starlight princess waltz at the Royal Castle stage. Let's Sing Christmas which is Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, and a group of singers performing some festive classics. And in the Walt Disney Studio Park, because I guess there's two parks in Mm -hmm. Paris, they will have Mickey's Christmas Big Band. Hmm. Interesting. Which would be super fun. And like all of the Christmas ornaments and tree decorations are super adorable. I'm looking at a... Really, really adorable Mickey gingerbread dude. It's super cute. Love it. Yeah, the uh, um, that other park in France is kind of like the MGM of our parks. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, they have a backstage tour, like all that kind of stuff. Or like the California Adventure of California. Uh-huh. Huh. Mm-hmm. Except more like MGM. Or the California. Because California Adventure didn't have the back, back lot tours and all that kind of shit. Very true. See. And then next, going to Shanghai Disney, they had to close the resort on August 10th due to Typhoon Lakima. Whoa. So I guess it was set to hit the eastern part of China, and they closed on that day. But I guess they said that anybody who had tickets for that day could use it on any day within the next six months, which basically means that they had to use it by February 10th, 2020. So to, did I just say 2020? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Uh, they can redeem the tickets. They just need government ID and travel documents that were used to purchase the tickets for that day. Sounds pretty yeah. cool. And I guess guests who had booked tickets for the Beauty and the Beast Mandarin production on August 10th can contact their purchasing channel to reschedule a date or obtain a refund. So Mandarin production, I guess that I would assume that that means that it's in Mandarin. I believe so. That would be cool yeah. to watch. I wouldn't know what the hell they're saying, but oh. I guess you probably could kind of tell if you know the, the film and you know, maybe you can learn Mandarin by uh, watching it in person. Probably not. That'd be fun. I actually got a cookbook all in French so that we can learn French. Nice. So we can go to France. Wee oui, wee. Oui. And then there is some Christmas news from Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. 
They will have an It's Christmas Time Harbor show in the waters of the Mediterranean Harbor. That sounds super awesome. It's on like a little ferry boat and there's a giant, it looks like a digital Christmas tree in the middle of it. That it, So kind of like the Earth in Illuminations. Okay. Where it has like the video projected, not projected because it's just like video screens on the side of it. It looks like that, but a Christmas tree. Okay, neat. Oh, just kidding. Sorry, that's for something completely different. So every night after Fantasmic, a grand 50-foot-tall Christmas tree is lit on the waters. Mm. And it's digital, and it looks actually really super cool. Yeah, the Christmas celebrations look awesome, and the decorations are amazing. So we'll have to post some of these pictures, because it's really hard to describe. But they have, like, the three caballeros... And each of their Christmas trees is a different color to match their outfits. They really go all Cute. out. And they have a Pluto hat. And you know the hats that have the little dangly like paws or whatever that come down yep. from it? Almost like a scarf. It's his little paws. And then it has ears and antlers. And Duffy's have little Christmas outfits. Oh. They're so cute. They're like little winter jackets with hoods that cover their little ears. <coughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think that's super adorable. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and then they have some amazing food. Roast beef sandwiches, hot apple cider, chocolate churros, because those all scream Christmas, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but they have a Taste of Christmas program in the New York area of the American waterfront. So... That's super awesome. It's kind of like, uh, what is it? The Festival of the Holidays that we have here? Yes. That sounds right. So it seems like something kind of similar to that. Yeah. And then in Tokyo Land, they have a magical little Christmas parade that looks super cute. And a Dream Lights parade, which is Disneyland Electrical Parade. So we should go there and see mm -hmm. that. And they have some incredible decorations there as well. They have a little sled being pulled by Pluto with the rest of the gang and like a nice vintage car. Super are they cute. topiaries or are they just like s sculptures? No, they're sculptures. And then there's a little Dumbo reading a book with little presents around him. So and cute. This one actually looks like the beginning scene of the Nutcracker, but I know it's not. <laughs> but it's like Mickey and Minnie and Goofy and What's-Her-Face. I like what What's-Her-Face's what's little girlfriend's name. Um, I honestly don't know. Um, And then Donald and Daisy and Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And they're all in like little Christmas outfits, carrying Christmas presents, walking down the street. Super cute. Super cute. And oh my gosh, the Christmas lights look amazing. It kind of reminds me a little bit of... The Osborne Christmas lights, except completely different. Super descriptive there. It is. Post a picture of that one. And then they have some super cute merchandise and awesome little sweaters. And some different food that also looks really good. They have some little chocolate mousses. They have a hot dog served in a red bun. Super festive. White cheese, red bun. I wonder if it's a green hot dog. Mm. 
should be so gross. It would be gross. So just on a side note. But they have a. Uh, about Goofy's wife, just real quick. Uh, according mm-hmm. to uh, this article, it says, theories about Goofy's wife, Roxanne, and Sylvia. So maybe he's got uh, two two ladies. Then that's not who I'm thinking of at all, because those are not the names of this And there's cat. also uh, Mrs. Geef, also known as uh, Mrs. Goofy, was the wife of Goofy and mother of Max Goof. She was first introduced in the every Goofy cartoon, Fathers Are People. She was voiced by June Foray. Clarabelle is the cow's name. Oh, that's Clara what I was Bell. thinking of. Apparently, no, re- apparently, no relation to. No, Goofy. not at all. <laughs> cool. Um, and then they have a creamy seafood stew, I believe, served in a cheesy bread bowl. It mm. sounds phenomenal. So that's Christmas in Tokyo. Awesome. It all looks super exciting. And that rounds us out for To Infinity and Beyond. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing. I'm really excited to see what they're going to be doing for the Christmas stuff at Epcot this year because there's some rumors going around of some things that may be coming in uh, that we haven't seen at Epcot in over a decade. That being uh, Christmas. Like Figment? Uh, I will find out at D23 for sure about that. Which comes up here, I, I guess as we should bring that up, because D23 is going to be held uh, the 21st to the 23rd, I believe. Sounds about right. It's uh, basically the weekend that this comes out is when we're going to be, um, D23 is coming out. So we will be covering uh, some of the events as well through our Instagram and things that are happening. As D23 is nearing here very soon. It's the 23rd through the 25th. Okay. Yeah, so Because it starts on the 23rd. Okay. So when this airs, D23 will already have happened, and I'm sure all you Disney nerds out there listening to this right now will have uh, been up to speed, hopefully, with what they announce. But if not, we will re- be recapping some of the highlights and uh, super excited about it because uh, there's some, some big big news, some small news, some uh, in-between news. <laughs> some news. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess uh, Tony Baxter is doing a, uh, some kind of presentation of some sort they're going to be doing. Talking about some stuff behind the scenes that the Imagineers had. And uh, I know there's a Marty Scalar book also that just was released as well, which I think they might be debuting at D23. So, pretty good stuff. That'll be awesome. Yeah. I was supposed to be there. Mm. Well, in two years, we will be there. So basically, the tickets go on sale. I guess like a year before the event occurs. Is about how it happens. So this time next year, we needed to have money waiting to buy our tickets. Oh, we will. And then our flights and all that other stuff we can just figure out later. All right. So from here, what do we? What do you want to do? Um, with the fork segment. So, should we do the What the Fork after Star Wars talk? What did we do last time? Did What the Fork round it out, or did we do What the Fork and then talk about Splash Mountain? We did Splash Mountain and then What the Fork. So we should end with What the Fork. Okay.
So now that we've covered all the fun happenings and our experiences in Batu, it's time for us to get into our final segment with Julie talking about all the food happenings that are wild and crazy within Disney with the What the Fork He Foods. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> what the Fork He Foods. <laughs> And now that we've had fun discussing our experience in Batu at Galaxy's Edge and all of our entertainment and food as well there, it's time for us to get into some wild and crazy discussions of all the things and food going on within Disney with what the Forky Foods. What, 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 are, we, what are we talking about? So I, think, so I think you should use the first one and just say what the Forky Foods again. Okay. Like say with what the Forky yeah, Foods. Exactly. With what the Forky Foods. <laughs> Much better. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> so I want to talk about the new cookie dough and everything sweet food truck mm. that rolled into Disney Springs. This looks incredible, and I want to try everything on this menu. Says the girl who doesn't like sweets. I feel like the th- the tough thing with cookie dough is it's a lot. Like, ice cream, you get the cool creaminess of it to kind of break up how sweet it is, but cookie dough is is a mouthful. Yeah, I like about... You know what I mean? I like, like there, there's only so much cookie dough that you can eat without feeling sick. I'll throw it up and eat it again. Of course you That's would. But, here's the menu. So they have a Springs Candy Taco. Which is the monster cookie dough, chocolate sauce, whipped cream, sprinkles, and a cherry. And the monster cookie dough is blue sugar dough with chocolate candies in it. And that's what the taco shell is made from or something? No, that's the cookie dough that's inside of it. Was it like an actual taco shell? It's like a waffle folded. And then the other one looks like it's a chocolate dipped waffle. Mm, Like a waffle cone? Yeah, like a waffle cone, but taco-shaped. And then there is the mini dessert taco, like Minnie Mouse, not tiny. And it has the peanut butter and fluff cookie dough, Mm. caramel sauce, whipped cream, and a cherry with a mini bow. It looks super cute, and I want one. Sounds it. And it looks like a... I don't know if it's a chocolate-covered waffle... It looks like the edges are just covered in chocolate. And then there's also those beautiful little, like, chocolate pearls. And then, like, the little crunchy Mm -hmm. pearls. And then it's, like, a chocolate waffle that that one is. And it has a cute little white chocolate mini bow. And some cherries and heaven. And then they have a cold brew cookie dough sundae. Which is cookies and cream cold brew cookie dough. Which I assume is cookies and cream in a coffee-flavored cookie dough. Yeah, I would hope, because that's kind of odd. Right? That's what we think that is? Mm-hmm. That's what we think that is. We'll let you know once we try one. With chocolate sauce and a mini funnel cake on top. It's super cute. So they dip the cup in chocolate and cover it with sprinkles. And then it kind of looks like... It's literally in cold brew 
coffee so i'm not really sure what that one is but it looks really good and there's a mini funnel cake on top and then they have two little oreos sticking out of it so it looks like mickey ears it's super cute you have me at oreos (laughs) and then they have a celebration parfait which is celebration cookie dough with celebration mickey cake vanilla custard strawberries whipped cream and a cherry and that one also looks super cute. It has a Mickey-shaped celebration Mickey cake on top. What makes what makes cherry. it celebra- so what celebration cream. cookie dough? Does it have like a? It's 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 funfetti cookie. I mean, it's a funfetti yeah, cake. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, okay. Little sprinkles. And then it's like yeah, rainbow deliciousness. Funfetti cake is like the greatest vanilla cake on the face of the planet. Anyone who says otherwise just doesn't know what they're talking about. Uh, (laughs) And then they have a Mickey or Minnie funnel cake, which is a funnel cake topped with powdered sugar and a Mickey or Minnie shaped chocolate chip cookie dough. Hmm. I want to go down and see what that one looks like because I'm very confused by that description. Well, I'll be there on Wednesday. I can go check it out. Okay. They just put the Mickey bow on it. Hey, you'll be there. I mean, the the mini bow. Wednesday. No, you will not be there on Wednesday. You will be there on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes, that's right. You'll be in Magic Kingdom on Wednesday. So I'll be there on Tuesday, so I can go check all this out. <laughs> Maybe try. I think. I just two. I don't understand what the cookies and cream cold brew. Okay, so the cookies and cream cold brew didn't have any coffee taste, despite cold brew in the name. Huh. So it's not. And it looks like it's layered with some funnel cake. And it's not like an actual, because, yeah. Hmm. It's not a milkshake or uh No, so one of the cookie dough flavors is cookies and cream cold brew. Okay. So, I don't know. Interesting. And then you can also get the cookie dough in just a cup or a cone, if you don't want one of the crazy ones. And the cookie dough flavors are chocolate chip, peanut butter and fluff, cookies and cream cold brew, celebration, which is vanilla sugar dough with rainbow sprinkles, and the candy monster, which is blue sugar dough with chocolate candies. And I want the blue one. You'll poop green for like three days. Can't wait. Yeah, it's fun. I've had it happen before. I wonder if the uh, peanut butter and fluff one, that would be like uh, peanut butter and like marshmallow fluff, I'm assuming. Yes, that is what fluff is. Mm. Doesn't yeah, that sounds amazing yeah. too. I think I would want I think I would want a scoop of the blue stuff and then a scoop of the peanut butter fluff. I would want a scoop on top of a scoop on top of a scoop. Well, I only want two scoops. I wonder if you could take this home and cook it in an actual like a real cookie. No. No. Are they? You think it's like an egg, egg-free? You I'm thing? sure cookie dough is. Oh, absolutely. Yes, because that's the only way that you can eat cookie dough. We actually make cookie dough that we can eat because me and my sister are crazy. We started this before Disney. We were eating cookie dough before it was cool. Um. I've been eating cookie dough with raw eggs in it, and don't give two shits. Oh, me too. Um, and then I get yelled at. But we make the cookie dough, and we make it without like the. Um, like egg baking soda and baking powder and egg so if you were to cook this it would kind of just melt into a crumbly piece of crap i mean it'd probably still be delicious but it wouldn't be like a cookie 
like that batch of cookies I tried making that one night that became like a puddle in the tray? Yes. Neat. And then they also have an adorable unicorn cake at Amaretz. It's one of the little small, like, individual ones, and it's super cute. And it's $16. What does it have? And apparently there's too much frosting. Too much? Is that a thing? So it's... Is that such a thing? uh, Some kid apparently claimed that that there was too much frosting, which just blew my mind. Like, how could a kid think there's too much frosting? Well, that's why there shouldn't Um, be kids. It should just be millennials and older adults. Childless millennials. Um, no, it's super cute. It was white fondant covering the cake, and then the main was like little dollops of different color frosting, and then it had a little gold horn, which I couldn't find at first, and I was like, why do they keep making unicorns with no horns? But this one actually did have a horn. That was super cute, and it had the little like closed eyes with the the black icing. Neat. It was pretty Wonder cute. Wonder what is the uh the the horn like white chocolate dipped in like gold leaf or something like that edible gold probably cool well, i'll be there tuesday maybe i'll go get one <laughs> no you're not allowed to get unicorn cake without me either cookie dough okay unless you get it and then bring it home and then we can try it together mm. true and I will complain that there is too much frosting, but you won't. I will eat your frosting. <laughs> That's what he said. Rest in peace, the haunting spree. So hurry back, we would like your company. Be sure to bring your death certificate.